like a cool, refreshing drink of water. Here comes short and sweet parenting tips. Hello everyone and welcome. This is short and sweet parenting tips episode 3 on positive discipline. I'd like to share the basics of this concept because it transformed my own parenting style from flailing trial and error into an effective focused method that improved our entire family dynamics. Since this is foundational to my approach, I'd really like to give you an overview before building on it in future episodes. Most of my parenting tactics have positive discipline woven through them. Now, when I first read about positive discipline, I just knew it was the answer to help my struggling kid. Great, I thought. Lay it on me. How will this make my kid better? So when the first chapter of the book I was reading was about my own behavior as the parent, I was thinking... Can we just skip forward to the part where this fixes my kid? In hindsight, though, I realize how skewed that thinking was. Since then, I've come to realize that a significant aspect of parenting is how it changes us. Parenting is a journey, not a McDonald's drive through Ooh, I like that. The positive discipline approach starts with a parent's behaviors and choices, with the knowledge that these inputs are what molds our children and has the biggest effect on who they are now and their future trajectory. But maybe you're dubious. Maybe you doubt that your choices, habits, actions, and emotions really have an effect on your kid. Fair enough. Since I only have my own experience and anecdotal evidence, let's see what the experts say. Okay, there are so many studies I looked at and they all relied heavily on observation and extensive questionnaires. All of them prove that positive discipline minimizes difficult behavior and saves kids from really going off the road in their teenage years. The coolest study I found was a 2009 study done by Oregon State University. The study started tracking at-risk boys from the age 9 with the research team carefully observing their home life. Now, they just didn't track them through high school. They tracked them until they had children of their own. So the study actually spanned three generations. I'll give you the link to this study on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. David Kerr, one of the researchers in this positive discipline study, said, Positive parenting is not just the absence of negative influences, but involves taking an active role in a child's life. So part of what good parenting does is not only to protect them against negative behaviors, but instills positive connections with others during adolescence. This then impacts how you relate with your partner and your own child as an adult. The bottom line of their study is that positive discipline parenting is generational. It affects how your child will behave with their spouse and how they'll parent. In the flip side of this study, the researchers showed that, and I quote, children who experienced high levels of negative parenting were more likely to be antisocial and delinquent as adolescents. Boys who had these negative characteristics in adolescence more often grew up to be inconsistent and ineffective parents and to have children with more negative and challenging behaviors. If you try to control your child with anger and threats, He learns to deal in this way with peers, teachers, and eventually his own children. If you do not track where your child is, others will take over your job of teaching him about the world. Ouch! 
Who is teaching your child about the world? That sounds like it needs to be a topic for another episode. Now, as I look at this three-generation study, I can't help but think of my own legacy. What will live here on earth long after I'm gone? It's not necessarily my status, job, or achievements. It's my own two children. If we want a way to affect the world for generations, studies prove that it's through our kids. Okay, I feel like I stepped up on my soapbox there. Let me get back down. So now that we see the power of this positive discipline mindset, let me give you Anne's cliff notes and give a few examples of how this morphed over time in our family. Have you heard the phrase, behavior is caught, not taught? Based on that, I just want to throw out this thought to you. If you are yelling at your kid to stop yelling, do you think that might give them mixed messages? Dr. Kenneth Ginsburg put it this way. Even the youngest children pick up ambivalent messages. They know the difference between what we say and what we do. Adolescents pounce on our hypocrisy, point it out mercilessly, and use it to explain why we shouldn't have the authority to set rules of behavior. We can't tell kids it's good to talk about their feelings if we bottle up our own emotions. We can't model problem solving if we take a nap to avoid our discomfort every time we get stressed. We can't teach the danger of drugs while drinking alcohol. We can't talk about the importance of balancing our lives if we haven't taken a day off in a month. I've heard that moms are known as the compass of the family. Wherever the mom points, that's the direction the family will go. Now for a little superhero analogy, my dear mamas. With great power comes great responsibility. Again, much of my own insight is based on hindsight. And it took many years of butting heads for some of these realizations to get through to me. The truth of positive discipline was one of the longest and hardest lessons I learned. And through this, I eventually discovered something really important. My own stress level has an incredibly negative effect on my kids, especially my sensitive one. And especially when I don't even know I'm stressed in the first place. Over time, I developed the habit of looking at myself first when my child started acting out. Was I overwhelmed, being controlling, rushing around? Almost without exception, the answer was yes. Like I said, usually I wasn't even aware that I was frazzled. It's like my sensitive child was my stress barometer. Before this awareness of mine, I would automatically punish my child for acting out. Now that I know different, looking back on that is really hard on my mommy heart. Please don't get to that point with your kids. Yes, we all have regrets with parenting, I know, but this one's hard to get over. I just found this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it's so timely. Your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Wow, huh? Bottom line, if you are not demonstrating the behaviors you are expecting from your children, then you could be doing more damage than you think. And you're likely making your own parenting more difficult. This is a lesson I continue to learn because it's tough to remember and even harder to put into practice. It seems like a daunting task. It's sure not a quick fix. But I find my consolation in the fact that this is at least something that's under my control unlike the unpredictable whims of my child. 
Now I have another silly superhero reference, and I'll insert it at the very end of the podcast. Back to the story. I also want to recognize that it might be hard to get buy-in from your spouse, especially if they have habits carried over from their own childhood. Or do you own up to some tendencies of your own? I know I used to have a lot of bad habits that went unchecked, and it is very humbling to see your toddler start to mirror those traits. In future episodes, I have lots of tips to start new practices for your whole family. In fact, the very next episode is about yelling and bad attitudes called the tone jar. You don't want to miss that one, especially if you have an 8-year-old going on 13. So to close up, I hope you enjoyed your weekly short and sweet parenting tip. Keep listening if you want to hear my silly superhero analogy. We are fresh ideas in bite-sized portions. How can we develop into positive role models for our kids, especially if we're starting out as flailing turtles, cluelessly rolling around in some glowing radioactive ooze? Unlike Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, unfortunately, this won't happen in a soundbite.